0: If you're visiting with us this morning, we're thrilled that you're here. Uh, if you've come on a regular basis, you'll know that we've just finished a series that we called Ideal Family. We spent several weeks just looking at what the Bible has to say about family. And next Sunday, we're actually going to kick off a new series that I'm really looking forward to. It's called 66 Words to Live By. And those 66 words that I'll be talking about are the 66 words of the Lord's Prayer. And many of us know that prayer and many of us are familiar with it. But we're going to spend the next few weeks from next week onwards really just working through that prayer and seeing what it has to say about our lives today, how we can live our lives today just based around the Lord's Prayer. So that's a great series. I'm looking forward to jumping into that next Sunday. But what I'm doing this Sunday is I've got a little bit of a filler here. So we finished the series last week and we're starting the new series next week. So this morning, I want to take just one week and look at a specific area, just as a one-off message. And what I want to talk about this morning, because we're called Connect Church, so it's, it's, it's a great way to get connected, and it's the whole idea of volunteering and getting involved. And right now, everyone's like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> people start looking away. Because if you're like me, when I was at school and the teacher said, I need a volunteer, no one wants to be the volunteer. <laughs> you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. Uh, the teacher's asking for a show of hands. And before you know it, you're kind of, you're looking away. Because you know that if that teacher's looking for a volunteer and he catches your eye, before you know it, you'll be up the front. You'll be doing something. You won't know what it is you're doing. And you'll be out of your depth. I can remember... Um, when I graduated high school and, and the first job I had was at a bank, I worked in a bank, and I can remember being the junior employee, the, the lowest on the rung, the lowest rung of the ladder, the newer, the brand new employee there, and my boss would come in to me and all of my colleagues and say, hey, I need a volunteer. And I thought, let's be honest here, He's, no one's going to volunteer. I'm sure whatever he wants, but someone's going to have to work late or work over the weekend and everyone kind of look away and inevitably as the last one hired, I was the one that volunteered. He's like, Dave, great, thanks. I didn't, I didn't put my hand up or anything and there I am, um, working on a Saturday morning or working late on a Friday night. So right now, talking about this idea, as I'm looking out, probably like me in school or me in the bank, you're kind of glancing away, hoping I I don't catch your eye as I speak about this touchy subject. But let me put all of your minds at rest this morning. You can take a deep breath and you can relax and you can enjoy the service. Because this morning, the title of my message is this. The title of my message, and I've... Jumped over a bit, so um, bear with me one second. Three reasons why I shouldn't volunteer at church. Three reasons why I shouldn't volunteer at church. So you're going to be thrilled that you came this morning because some of you weren't sure. Some of you were kind of on the edge of your seat there thinking, maybe I should get involved here. But this morning I'm going to let you know exactly why you shouldn't get involved at church. So, so you can sit back and relax. You're really going to enjoy this message this morning. So the first reason why you should never volunteer at church, why you should never get involved, is that it's better to be a spectator than a participator. I mean, let's be honest, it really is. It's much better being a spectator than a participator. I mean, obviously, you've been working hard all week. No one wants to come to church on a Sunday and do more stuff. You've come to receive, not give. Isn't that what church is about after all? In fact, maybe you've read that story in the Bible about Jesus when he met with Mary and Martha. Do you remember that story? There was a a, a time in the Bible where Jesus went to visit these two ladies' house. One named Mary, one named Martha. And Martha was busy working around the house and, and Mary was just sat at the feet of Jesus. And Martha said, Jesus, you know, why isn't Mary helping me? And Jesus said, hey Martha, you know, now's the time to sit and listen to me. You don't need to be busy and and you're sitting this morning going, that's right, Dave, we shouldn't be busy. We should be more like Mary, just sitting at the feet of Jesus, not working in a church. And after all, if, if you're an athlete this morning, obviously you can testify to the fact that it's far better to watch the game than actually playing it, right? I mean, after all, who would really want to put in all of those hours of work and training just to be able to be on the field and throw that winning touchdown pass that wins your team the Super Bowl? When instead, you could actually be up in the stands, way up in the third tier, maybe row like WW, with a big box of nachos and cheese and a large Coke, Watching that pass being thrown instead, that would be far more exciting, wouldn't it, than actually being there on the field and all sweaty and having to work hard. I mean, let's be honest, what's the big deal of being able to sit down with your grandchildren dozens of years from now, being able to show them some Super Bowl ring, when instead you could sit there with that souvenir t-shirt that you got at the game instead. And so you see this t-shirt? I got this at the game. I was there watching it. Big box of nachos. Yeah, that's your grandpa. So it's far better, obviously, to be a spectator than a participator. Let me tell you the second reason this morning why I really want to let you know that you don't want to get involved here at church. Because not only is it better to be a spectator than a participator, the second reason is we've got enough volunteers. We've got plenty. I mean, you've come in here, maybe you've been coming for several reasons now, for several weeks now. And you've thought, you know, I don't really need to to get involved here at Connect. I've been coming for a few weeks and it seems that they've got everything together. There's obviously plenty of people here to serve. And you're right, there are. In fact, across the board, we have just enough volunteers to pull off everything we do every Sunday morning. Now, some of them do need to serve every week just to make sure that we have enough teachers in the kids area. Some of them have to serve sometimes in in more than one area. Some have gone weeks since being able to sit here in church with their spouse. In fact, some are getting to the point now where they're kind of exhausted and drained. But you know what? That's what the Holy Spirit's for, right? To fill them back up again. To give them that, that power. What a great opportunity for them to discover God's grace as they cry out in desperation. Actually, you know what? By not volunteering this morning, you're helping develop their prayer life. So on their behalf, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you for really helping develop the prayer life of all of our volunteers. So as long as we've got just enough volunteers, there's obviously no need to get involved this morning. And in case you're out there still wanting to volunteer... OK, let me give you the third reason. If you're still, if I need to really talk you out of this, let me give you reason number three. OK, obviously, it's better to spectate than participate. And we've got plenty of volunteers. But the third reason is that you might be sitting there this morning thinking, but Dave, I'm not qualified. I don't have what it takes to serve in some of the areas here in this church. I, I couldn't do it. I'm not qualified. And obviously, you'd be Correct. We're not going to let just anyone stick down with our preschoolers and read them a book or tell them a Bible story. Of course not. I mean, I think you'd need some kind of teaching degree to do something like that. Probably probably a master's of some sort. And those people that greet when you come in on a Sunday morning and serve you coffee and, and give you your donuts, we're not just going to let anyone out there to do that. I mean... You think just anyone can shake a hand at the front door? <laughs> no. There's extensive training that goes into that. I want to make sure that those handshakes, they're not too firm, but they're not too weak either. You don't want a weak handshake when you arrive on a Sunday morning. So lots of work goes into that. And, and you probably saw those people that were taking the offering this morning and parting out the communion elements. Lots of training There's a lot of dexterity and hand-to-eye coordination that goes on there. I mean, we can't just let anyone jump in there and take that on. So I hope this morning now, just in case when I start talking about volunteering and you thought, yeah, I'd like to do that, I hope I've managed to talk you out of that completely. And hopefully you're there confident and secure this morning in the fact that you should not be volunteering at Connect Church. Now, I've got a little bit of time here this morning, so um, I'd like to teach you just one more thing this morning, and that's about a word called irony. Irony, am I saying that correctly? Irony, irony, okay? So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how Americans say it, I don't know how I say it, to be honest, but uh, irony is uh, it's this wonderful word, and I looked it up in the dictionary to make sure that I knew correctly what it was. It's a noun, and uh, what the, the term irony is, is the use of words to convey a meaning that is the opposite of its literal meaning. The use of words to convey a meaning that's the opposite of its literal meaning. And you might be there thinking, well, Dave, give me an example. I'll give you an example. Everything I've said so far this morning, just in case, okay, everything I've said so far this morning has been the use of the concept of irony. You see... I, I, you're a smart group this morning. You're all very, very sharp, okay? You obviously know by now, I hope, that I was being ironic. We would love to have you serve here in Connect Church. We would love to see more people step up and volunteer in the different areas here at Connect. Some of you now, and I love it because I get to see all of you every week. I get to stand here and see you. So I'm starting to see some familiar faces who are coming back week after week. And I'm, I'm starting to get to learn names and putting names to faces. And it's brilliant to see you all here. But some have been coming on a regular basis. And I've got to tell you, we've got a little bit of a problem. And that's that we, we started out by calling our church Connect Church. So we've kind of set ourselves up a little bit. Our, our very name of our church holds us accountable to our vision. And that is to connect one another, to connect our community to Christ. That's what we strive to do each week as a church, is to get connected. And the truth is, as much as I love seeing you on a Sunday morning, and as much as I love being able to come together like this and and sing and worship and learn about what the Bible has to teach about family or the Lord's Prayer or whatever it may be, with, with you guys sat there like this and us doing everything up the front like this, it's not the greatest atmosphere, it's not the greatest environment in which to get connected. You see, I actually think that we need to intentionally create some environments where you can get better connected, where you can get to know one another. And one of the greatest environments we have here in Connect is by serving on one of the many teams that we have here in the church. Because being a part of one of those teams will help you get to know one another. You'll join together as a community that shares a common goal of volunteering in a particular area. And some may ask, but Dave, how can you ask people who have already given so many hours through the week? And I get that. I'll be honest, as as the pastor of the church, I I struggle with that sometimes because I'm coming to people who have worked 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And now of a weekend, I'm saying, hey, could you give a little bit more time? Could you give a little bit more out of your week? And that's tough. But over the years of being in church life and over the years of um, praying about this and thinking about this and, and being involved in churches, I've seen something take place. You see, I know that many of you here have great jobs doing great things. Some of you are getting people into their dream homes, some of you are educators shaping the minds of future generations, some of you are in the medical field, literally saving lives. There are members of you in the community and in the the business world that are really working hard and making a difference. But what I've come to find in my life, being involved in church, is that when you're serving in a church, you're part of changing lives for eternity. And no matter how great your career choice is, there's nothing that really fulfills us more than when someone is using their God-given gifts to change another life forever. And there are opportunities here at Connect every week to do just that. We have people who come on a Sunday to help create the environment right there in the foyer for people that have never been to church before. We're really specifically trying to reach people in this community and the surrounding areas that don't attend church. So we're expecting every Sunday morning visitors and guests to arrive who have never been to church before. In fact... Maybe you're here this morning, and you've never been to church before. Let me just let you know right now, you get a buy, okay? If this is your first Sunday here, I expect you to get connected at some point, but welcome if you're a visitor, enjoy the message. But right now, I'm, I'm teaching those of us who have now said, you know what, I feel like Connect Church is my church home. I want to be a part, I want to get connected at Connect Church. I'm talking about a great way that you can get connected but we have a team of volunteers who every Sunday morning help create that, that wonderful atmosphere. So when you arrive, you feel welcome, you're excited to be here. And you have no idea. For some people, when they come to church for the very first time, it's quite an intimidating thing. Even though we're in a middle school, walking in, it's still church. And they're thinking, ah, oh, this... So seeing a smiling face, seeing a team of volunteers whose job it is to just make you welcome and welcome you in, that's a really important job every Sunday morning. We've got some fantastic people that do that really, really well. We have some people that impact the lives of our children and our young people. They teach them that they are special, that God loves them, that he has a plan for their lives. We have a team of people who help create this wonderful atmosphere every Sunday morning that we're in, in this gymnasium. Whether it's lights or sound or music, people come and they work hard to create that. We have people who work outside of Connect Church to impact our community. So what I want to do this morning, if I could, just to, to, to wrap this message up, is look at those three points again. And maybe see if I was quite correct the first time or maybe we need to take a fresh look at them. So the first one is they're better to spectate than participate. I actually believe, and any athletes here this morning I think would agree with me, it's far better to participate than spectate. There's just something about being in the game. And you know, it is true, I, I did quote accurately a story from the Bible where Jesus went to the house of Mary and Martha And at that particular moment, and I I have a hard time with this sometimes, but Martha was working and Jesus said, Hey, Martha, now's not the time to work. Now's the time to sit with me. I'm not always going to be with you. Now's the time to spend time with me. And that, that really did happen. But I don't believe that when that happened, that was Jesus teaching, so it's more important to just be with me and less important to work. I don't think Jesus was saying you shouldn't work. I just think at that moment, he was saying, no, right now, you should be spending time with me. And all of us sometimes need to um, push away the busyness of our lives and spend time with Jesus, whether that's praying or reading the Bible or worshipping, whatever that may be. Because we get too busy sometimes. But... The more I read in the, the story of the life of Jesus, the Gospels, the more I see Him challenging us in the area of serving. In fact, there's one very familiar story in John chapter 13. We all know the story, and um, in case you don't, the disciples they arrived at a house one day, and they were probably a little bit ahead of Jesus. And when they got there, now you need to realize that in those days um, people would have worn open-toed sandals. And uh, it would have been muddy roads, animals up and down these roads. So you can imagine the condition of those streets. So when you arrived at someone's home for a dinner, there would be somebody there, maybe a slave or a slave girl, whose responsibility it was, was to wash the guest's feet. And maybe that first disciple walked in and he saw the bowl of water and he saw the towel, but there was no one there to wash the feet. And he was, he was presented right there with a dilemma. What do I do? There's no one here to wash my feet. If I get down and wash my own feet, the next disciple's going to come. In. He's going to want me to wash his feet. And then before you know it, I'm washing everyone's feet. So I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll just kind of walk on by. And then I think the next disciple came in. Maybe the same thought crossed his mind. And one by one, the disciples walked in. And you need to realize that in this culture, they didn't sit up on chairs and tables. They, they reclined next to the table. They laid next to the table where all the food was. So these feet were right up in your face. I mean, it was important that these feet got washed. You were eating dinner right next to your buddy's feet. So it wasn't just something they did, you know, just for pleasantries. I mean, it was a necessity for every one of those disciples passed by that bowl. Now, if that was the end of the story, that would be sad enough in itself. But then, you imagine being those disciples when Jesus, the Master, walks in, and he picks up the bowl, and he picks up the towel, and one by one, he starts to wash his disciples' feet. Then they're like, oh no, no, Jesus, don't do that, I'll do it, I'll do it. She's like, no, I'll do it, because you need to learn from this. And listen to what it was that he taught them in John chapter 13. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Basically, what Jesus is teaching his disciples here is, hey, it's better to serve than to be served. It's better to participate than spectate. The second is that we've got enough volunteers, and we do. We've, we've got an amazing team of volunteers right now. Some were here at 7 o'clock this morning getting this room ready. Others were working during the week on a story or a game for our children. Some arrived early to run through the songs that we sang this morning. And you know what? All of them are amazing people. They did it with smiles on their faces. And it's because they're such amazing people, it's because they're such great people, they don't want to keep all this fun to themselves. They want you to experience it as well. They want to share. They're great people. They really are. They would gladly serve just twice a month instead of every week, or just once a month instead of twice a month, if it meant that you could have a turn too. So the truth is, we do have just enough volunteers, but I'd like to see more people involved, more people enjoying the um, experience of being able to volunteer. And then the final thing I said earlier was that, um, you know, maybe this thought goes through our minds sometimes, well, I'm not qualified. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. So this morning, we're going to do a little test, because it, it could well be true. You may be here this morning, and you may not be qualified to serve in, in, in an area here in Connect Church. So we're going to do a test this morning to find out if you are qualified or not. Okay, so you're ready? I'll need everyone to take the two fingers on their right hand and just place them on your left wrist like that. Do you feel that? Yeah? Okay, then you're qualified. That right there. If you're living and breathing this morning, God has made you. And you know what? When he made you, he made you unique. There is something that you can do that no one else in this place can do. And you may say, well, Dave, I might be serving on a team with dozens of other people. That very well may be true, but you will bring something to that team that no one else can bring to that team because of your uniqueness. And God wants to see you use that gift that he gave you to impact the lives of others. Do you know what? As I was studying for this message, it's fascinating because I went right back into the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, there's a man by the name of Solomon, and Solomon was the son of David. We all know King David. He was the David that slew Goliath, okay? Well, he had a son whose name was Solomon. And when Solomon grew up, Solomon became the king. And Solomon decided, I'm going to build a temple for God. And Solomon was tasked with the duty of building the most magnificent temple that the Israelites had ever seen for Father God. Listen to the work that went into building this temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 1-2. to 2. It says that Solomon gave orders to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Now, here's what he needed to build that temple. He conscripted 70,000 men as carriers and 80,000 as stonecutters in the hills and 3,600 as foremen over them. And yet despite having all of these people at his hands to do all of that work, I read on in Chronicles and I discover that he reached out to kings in surrounding countries and traded with them and bartered with them and worked because he wanted specifically skilled workers to come and help him. So we read in verse 13 of that same chapter in 2 Chronicles chapter 2. It says, I'm sending you, this is a king speaking to Solomon. He says, I'm sending you Huram Abi, a man of great skill, whose mother was from Dan and whose father was from Tyre. He is trained to work in gold and silver, bronze and iron, stone and wood, and with purple and blue and crimson yarn and fine linen. He is experienced in all kinds of engraving and can execute any design given to him. He will work with your skilled workers and with those of my Lord, David your father Solomon wasn't content with just having um, people to do an adequate job he knew that there were people that were skilled to, a, to do a specific job and I believe that God has gifted every one of us in this room this morning and some of you are experiencing that gifting in your everyday lives and you're successful in your careers because of it but I believe that God is, is challenging us as a church to say hey we could step forward here and we could get involved with the church and those gifts that God has given us we could use to serve here in Connect Church and change someone's life forever. You know, let me wrap up this morning just with this last thought. This, every now and again, there's a message that's kind of difficult for a pastor to teach because it's somewhat of a self-serving message. As I, each word I'm saying this morning, I'm very aware of the fact that it seems like I'm saying, I need your help. I need your help. We need your help. It's almost more like an infomercial. You're sat there thinking, okay, Dave, we're ready. Just give us the 800 number. We'll call. We'll be there for half an hour next Sunday. But let me just share something with you from a a personal perspective this morning. If it was just about serving, that would be one thing. And if you do get involved here at Connect, we love seeing you here on a Sunday morning. But if you decide, hey, more than just coming on a Sunday morning to receive, I want to get involved and I want to give back in some way. If that means coming early to help set up or staying late to help clear up or or missing one Sunday so that I can be in and help with the kids, I'm willing to do that. Your incentive may be to, to do that because you want to impact someone else's life. But let me close out with this last thought that I want to send you away with this morning. Because you will impact that person's life. In fact, there's a, a girl whose picture I want to pull up on the screen here. Her name's Becky. That's her there on the right. Now, I met Becky for the very first time when she was about 10 years old. Becky was a, a girl who lived near the church that I started attending when I was 18. And um, she was in a pretty rough community. It would be the equivalent of like a project here. They were called housing estates. And, and our children's pastor, he used to go up on a Thursday night every week to these estates. And he'd work with the kids there that were coming from broken families, parents who were addicted to drugs or alcohol, just real troublesome situations. But beautiful kids who, aside from um, where they were born, you know, had, had everything going for them. So Rick, our kids pastor, he was going up there and these kids would come out and they'd play games together in the park opposite. And then at the very end, they'd do like a Bible story and and share Jesus with these kids. And he said to me one day, Dave, would you come and help me? I've got about 40 or 50 of these kids now who come every week. And it's, it's kind of overwhelming. I was a very new Christian at the time. In fact, I was kind of still like half a Christian and half still involved in some of the things I used to get up to in my old life. And I said, Rick, I'm not really sure if I'm qualified to do that you know I'm, I'm fairly new at this he goes hey I just need someone to come along and, and play games with these kids just love on them just tell them that Jesus loves them and I said okay I'll come along well I got to see Becky and lots of other kids like her come to learn about Jesus come to realize that Jesus loved them Jesus thought they were special a lot of them didn't experience that love at home so to know that there was a God who loved them and created them with a purpose was amazing and Becky's life changed radically. In fact, Becky is still involved in that church today. But the crazy thing is, it wasn't just Becky's life that was impacted. There was another young man's life that was impacted as a, as a result of it. It was this guy right here. <laughs> yeah. I told our people not to keep that up there too long. So, okay, I think it's been there long enough. It could pull off now. <laughs> That's me! That's <laughs> me! That 18-year-old Dave Jane, when I got involved with that kid's work, it changed me forever. Because now when I went to church on a Sunday, it wasn't just for me anymore. I knew that if I skipped a service, or if I slept in, or if I wasn't really, if I was kind of drifting from, from church, that it wasn't just me that was being affected anymore. There was someone like Becky and her friends who were coming every week to church expecting to see me expecting to hear what uh, God was going to say to them that week through the likes of me and my friends. And people like Becky drew me more into the church, and I got stronger in my relationship with God, and I grew. And before you knew it, I, was, I wasn't just doing the games, I was teaching the lessons, I was up the front. And, and I honestly believe that, I, I, and this is going to sound um, maybe a little crazy, but I don't believe I'd be stood here today speaking to all of you were it not for those beginnings. Who knows what God's got for you in the future? But when I served at my church, it wasn't just for Becky and her friends. It turns out it was God's plan that it was just as much for me as it was for them. Because my life changed forever. So I want to close up with that, that thought this morning. Um, I want to pray and then when I finish praying I want to give you some uh, practical direction on what we're going to do. We've, we've tried to finish a little bit early here yet we're, uh, we're about five minutes before the uh, normal end time so uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do but let's, let's just close out with a word of prayer first. Father, I know this was a... Uh, a unique service it was a one-off service lord tucked in between two series but i really felt god that um you wanted me to share this there's, there's many lord who are coming out on a regular basis and lord i know i was kind of joking around about this lord and i don't sense in any way that there are people coming lord who aren't serving because they have no desire to if i speak to people on a regular basis who say i want to get connected i want to serve i want to help how can i help and We realize, Lord, that we've got to eliminate every obstacle, Lord, so that anyone can come and help. So by sharing this today, Lord, I pray that this will clear that path. That if there were some here who were feeling, I want to do more than just come every Sunday. I want to get involved more. I want to be a part of the team. That that will help. And and Lord, maybe they'll do it this morning. Maybe they came this morning thinking that they're going to do it because it will help others. But they'll leave here this morning realizing that actually when we get connected, when we serve within the church, when you use us to impact others' lives, It's not just others who are affected by it, Lord. It's us. We see that transformation take place in our lives when we realize that we are being used by you to serve others. So I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning would leave uh, challenged and inspired, Lord, and would look for a way that they could get connected here at Connect Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So here's how we're going to finish off this morning. There's no rush. We finished a little bit early. They're going to look after your kids there a little bit longer if you want. Over here on my left, your right, there's a long couple of eight-foot tables. And we've laid out cards with every possible way in which you could serve here at Connect Church and uh, you haven't got to rush away, you can take a time and read it. There's some sign-up sheets. If you're ready right now, say, I'm ready to just jump in and serve somewhere. I know exactly where I want to serve. You can sign up right now, this morning. Maybe you need time to think about it, and some of those cards will explain, like, you know, in the kids' area, what's the time commitment going to be like? What kind of things will I be doing? If I wanted to help here inside this room with some of the lights and the sound, what, what would that entail? Each card is broken down into each area, and it'll tell you more about what it means and what it would entail to serve. So grab a card, take it with you. There's um, email addresses for all of the leaders of all of those individual teams. Um, hey, we love you. You can come back every single Sunday and enjoy the service, and that will be absolutely fine with us. But I do want to challenge you. I think you'll miss the core of who Connect Church really is if you don't take that next step and say, I want to be more than just somebody who comes and spectates on a Sunday morning. I want to be somebody that participates as well. So God bless. Don't run away. Grab a card. Read them there. If you've got any questions, ask me or any of the leaders. And uh, we'll see you back next week for 66 Words to Live By.